You're listening to the Superman Super Show, episode 43, Luther's Incense Menace. Hello and welcome to the Superman Super Show. I'm a host. My name's Ed and a thousand miles over there to my left is another host, Mr. Stephen Orr. Hiya. So yeah, I was going to say, Doug says you need some, some headphones that crank. Need some bows. Well, I got these headphones because I I think I was on Amazon and I was looking at some not bows. Those are you know or even Beats. They're just way too expensive. But right. I was looking at the brand that that I recognized. But there was all these comments. It was like, no, 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 don't get these. Get these instead. You've never heard of them, but they're great. And so many people were saying that that I I, I got them and they're, yeah, they're pretty awesome. I I kidding. Cool. Couldn't tell you what Soundcore is the is the brand. I've yeah, never heard I've of that before. Ne- I've never heard of Soundcore either. Doug's ready, by the way. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, so what's up with all these balloons from China? I don't know. You know, I just I I haven't been paying a lot of attention lately, and then suddenly it just seems like every third tweet <sighs> is about balloons. Man. And at yeah. first I was like, why is everybody talking about balloons? What's what's going on there? And I had to digs I, I didn't dig deep but you know right doesn't take long to to figure out what's going on but yeah this balloon they shot it down and then oh my gosh they found out that there was a balloon when trump was president and he didn't tell anybody and oh now there's more balloons and it's just like well i, I was running over those comments uh in my head about um trump not saying anything about balloons while he was in office now i would submit that it's not that he didn't say anything. It's that, pardon my language, his stupid ass didn't read his daily briefs. And so he didn't right. know about, he truly did not yeah. know about it because he didn't want to know. Yeah. You know, how, how many he, times he, over his presidency did he just come out and say that he didn't this and he didn't that? <laughs> and he did, you know, something like this would have come across his desk on a piece of paper for him to read. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't believe it's that he hid. I just truly believe it's that the butthole did not know. He had had no clue. He was too busy worrying about the force of toilets flushing, how you got to flush them more than once. uh, Because he wouldn't shut up about that. Stuff being banned on Twitter. And and it's it's like, yeah, get out of here, man. That's okay. You know, it's one of those things that he, unless uh, Fox (sighs) News was talking about it, he probably had no idea. Right. And and that's why he knew, because he, I don't know, listened to Fox or watched it or whatever. It's, you know, surrounded by these people who, although admittedly, Trump did not surround himself with people much um, higher up the uh, evolutionary ladder than he himself was, because he- He, he couldn't deal with, you know, so yeah, it, it was, yeah. Uh, un, and and I am not, I cannot say that I have been a fan of any president, a fan, but I will say that President Obama surrounded himself with people that were better than he was at everything that they did, you know? Yeah. Now, whether he listened to him or not or whatever, that's, I, I don't know, but he was surrounded he or actually he surrounded himself with really good people yeah. to use if he was going to to need them. Yeah. So Trump, I yeah. don't think did that. I don't really think that Biden has done a really good job of doing that either. Yeah. Uh, my 
my thought has always been a smart man will always surround themselves with people. Well, man, yep. uh, with people who are smarter than than they are. You know, if you yeah, need help, you know, I, I am I'm the manager of our department at work, and I have a lot of people that that are much smarter than me. And it's that's why we're a successful department. That's why we are one of the more highly profitable departments in the company. Well, if you have a problem, why are you going to turn to someone that is dumber in that subject than you are? Exactly. I, you know, and, and be a success. You're not going to yeah. be successful. It, it just, you yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. Cause so, otherwise you're doing it all yourself and there's you never know, a guarantee. No that, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I've never really been a big fan of, of most of the presidents either, but uh, loved Obama. Just loved him. Yeah. Uh, no. He was, but definitely he, the, lesser issue of many of the more recent ones. Um, he hit me though in the non-political way. He was he was cool. He would do stuff like sing when he was at, oh, uh, at you know and some of the sure. stuff he'd say about his wife and junk like that. I just I just was, I, I I love the man. He was a lot more real than a lot of the other. Yeah. You know, he was a, a lot yeah. more Obama than he was president at times. Right. Whereas right. it seems like so many other people have been president Anytime you see them, they're president. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he he kind of let that let that down or or took that coat off or however you want to put it, you know, sometimes. So well, and it's funny because I really liked Biden when he was vice president. And I don't hate, I don't dislike him, but it's like, eh. You know, I I I just I'm still I'm still, you know, I'm 50 years old. I'm still living paycheck to paycheck. I've never owned a new car, you know? So until I until a president can can stand up and uh, stop all this price gouging and, uh, yeah. you know, keep the keep the country out of the hands of the four or five people that are worth billions of dollars. And I don't you know, it's like I, I don't really have. I, I Yeah. And, and I unfortunately, yeah. it's just it's not going to happen because no, because this is this is the way America's been since right. it was founded. So right. when, when you boil things down. Um, you get to a point where R and D doesn't make any difference. There are similarities, yeah. even either higher or lower, depending, you know, than R and D. And yeah, un- until that is not the case, uh, fundamentally they're going to be the same. <laughs> yep. So yep i I truly believe that there are people in this world that got into politics originally because they truly wanted to help. Yes, their fellow man. They wanted to help humanity, but something happens to them along the way. They just immediately there's just so yeah. much corruption and money changing hands that <sighs> they uh, you know they they fall victim to the machine. Uh, oh it yeah, takes some longer than others, but they fall yep. victim to the machine, and it's like, well, you know, wow, you're not any different. Yeah, you're right. They're not any different. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, and if if you think that this person or you think that you will be different? No, it, no, it's not going to happen. Everybody will, from all these different outlooks. You know, everybody eventually gets down to the one or two or three outlooks, yep. no matter where they came from, and and it turns out to be yeah. the same. Yeah, and that's I think that's the 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 thing with most people when they are uh, voting for someone, it it ultimately comes down to one or two issues, and that's it. It's like yeah. I could give a crap, you know, it's like, 
I'm voting for this guy because he believes in this one issue. Everything else he believes in is completely opposite that what I believe. But because of this one, right? That's why I'm, you know, I get it. You know, I, I think, uh, I think uh, there are, you know, obviously there are politicians that, you know, they're some of their, some of the things they want to do happen to align with the way I feel. Mm-hmm. And so that's who you got to gravitate towards, right? It's like I'm you, just, you seem to, though I'm sure you're just one corrupt mf uh, you seem to want to still kind of make your right. money from the lobbyists who are trying to change this part of America. And that's the part of America I want changed. So I'll I'll give you your (laughs) chance. Uh, You know, I kind of suspect how things are going to turn out, but yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and do it. Yeah. Yeah, So I've always leaned, I've always leaned left. Um, And it's, it's funny because my parents uh, were, were Republicans um, until my, my dad, do you remember the, I, I'm sure I've talked about this before. Do you remember the air traffic controller strike in the early eighties? Yes. yes. My dad was an air traffic controller oh, and, uh, okay. he got a let all, all of the, all of the strike, the striking air traffic controllers got, you know, a letter from Ronald Reagan saying that he was going to end the strike, vote for him, get him an office. And he's going to, he's going to make things better for them. And, uh, yeah, they all. He he gets elected, and then they all lose their jobs. And my right. parents went, "We're Democrats now." <laughs> you know? Just that, just boom. Because yep. we we struggled for a long time because of that. So, yep. yeah, I, I I can certainly understand that. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. That's and that's I, uh, you know we got we got really political there. But yeah, but that's the way it is for most people. It's the one thing. Boom. Right. I'll vote for you because you said you would. Yeah. yeah. There's just too many freaking issues. There's too many things that need to be fixed that you're never going to find one person that wants to fix every single thing you want to have fixed. You're just yeah. not. No. So no, you go a- for what they call the lesser of two evils, really, is what you're what it comes to. That's the way Which, I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anyways, I, we, I, I need to I need to stop. Or I'm going <laughs> to yeah. I'm going to get so, up on a. Hey. On a box here speaking of golden age superman um have you been listening to uh uh superman radio revisited not not so much lately there i've I've dropped off recently i uh i wasn't listening during the previous storyline the dragon's fang or whatever it was Mm -hmm. but this new one is is all about uh i'm only two episodes in but clark and jimmy are on a uh clipper ship the last of the clipper ships, I think is that's what the story is called. And there's a, uh, an old sailor with a wooden leg who wants the clipper ship and he's, he's the bad guy. And it's just, it's just so funny. Cause he calls everybody matey and okay. he like, like at one point you're making a big mistake, matey. <laughs> it's so funny. Yep. It's a, it's some good stuff. It's, it's really funny stuff. And, and again, when I listen to that show, when I listen to those old radio programs, and then I read these stories that we're reading for the show. I hear the radio program because oh, it all, sure, it's the yeah. same language. It's the same mm-hmm. flow. It's, it's, yeah, it's fun. Yep. Yeah. You definitely can see the, the, the one people in the other, yeah, whichever way. Exactly. Yeah. All right. You ready to move on? Yes, sir. All righty. Today, folks, we're looking at Luther's Incense Minutes, which appeared in Superman number five. I believe this was the third story. In Superman number five. 
This is written by Jerry Siegel, penciled by Joe Schuster, and inked by Paul Cassidy. Superman number five, as we spoke on last episode, was dated summer 1940, but has an actual sale date of May 10th, 1940, according to Mike's Amazing World of Comics, which is also where the synopsis for the issue comes from, and it follows. Clark Kent investigates a sudden wave of unemployment. After questioning several business leaders and noticing a smell of incense in their offices, Clark inquires about it to a businessman, Mr. Gregory. Now, Mr. Gregory denies its importance, but when Kent leaves, calls a secret bo- uh, Gregory calls a secret boss, who then orders the Daily, Daily Planet bombed. <laughs> Actual bombed, people. Superman stops the bombing and returns as Kent to Gregory's office. The man commits suicide and makes it look like Kent is responsible. Clark gets out before the police arrive and returns to help them realize it was indeed a suicide. Clark continues his investigation, which leads him to a ruthless businessman, Borden Mosley. Mosley refuses to see Kent, so Clark sneaks into the building another way and overhears Mosley's plan. The crook sees Clark hiding. This is kind of something that you mentioned about hiding in plain sight kind of thing. Happens here. Clark is hiding, and his henchmen throw him down an elevator shaft. That old, that old trick. Clark survives and confronts the crooks as Superman after learning the true villain is Luther. Following Mosley to a secret hideout, Superman encounters many traps. He catches up to Mosley and learns of a conference where the leaders of the conspiracy are meeting. The Man of Steel disguises himself as Mosley and attends the meeting. Luther sees through his disguise, but Superman overcomes his foes. Luther apparently is killed in a plane crash. Uh, yeah, we've seen that before. Superman then works to free the business leaders from Luther's influence, for the incense was a narcotic Luther supplied to gain power over them. With the men cured, the nation begins to prosper again. So several uh, newish, different things happened uh, in this story. First of all, I, I enjoyed this quite a bit. It, it felt similar to the previous story, which also felt different from a lot of what has been going on up until now. So it's it had kind of a a, a uniqueness to it, uh, as to me, as far as how it felt in, in reading it. Um, yeah. Several things happened or have been happening since the previous story, and those same types of things happened again in this story. Um, it was cool. We we definitely are starting to to see. I think that Luther is going to be, although we thought this previously, uh, a longtime foe of Superman that they can use and get away from and use and get away. You know, keep yep. arch arch villain, arch enemy, if that's what you want to call him. I, I think it's going to take a little bit more time before Superman has any arches, but. Uh, Luther is definitely starting to, you can see, starting to work his way up that list. And Luther is always trying things. It's like he he feels something out there can defeat Superman. And so when Superman goes up against him, it's always a series of newer things or newer ideas that are tried to see does it damage? What does it do? How does Superman shake it off? You know, uh, how much time does it take him to recover? Whatever. It's almost like 
it's a it's a, a a step in and faint that Luther is doing whenever he faces Superman. He goes in and he comes yeah. out and goes in and comes out, trying to find that thing that will finally put Superman down. And it's always funny. Somewhere in the story is that one thing that does because Superman realizes that that's what he needs to do. It doesn't really work, but for that particular moment, Superman allows it to work or pretends that it works or whatever. Only, you know, and, and Luther's like, oh, you know, that's that's it. Finally found. And then Superman comes back and he's like, no, you didn't. I, I was yeah. I was just pretending, it's like- it's, you know. Yeah. So. So what do you think, Steve? I, I enjoyed it as well, uh, but I also found it to be like this confusing whirlwind of ideas that it okay. just, they just felt like they were just kind of throwing stuff at the wall. And, and whether it stuck or not, it went in the book because, well, for example, when he goes in to talk to the first businessman, because, you know, the the his the chief is like, hey, um, the nation is going through uh, uh, some kind of bad financial crisis. Uh, why don't you go out there and talk to businessmen and see what you can find out? So he goes to the first guy and as he's talking to people, he, he smells this incense. Every guy he talks to, it's this incense. So when he brings it up to the one guy and then he goes outside and suddenly an air, you know, a bomber flies up and starts dropping bombs. I'm like, okay, did I miss a page? <laughs> Where did this come from? And yep. he stops that. And then he goes back to the guy who just Commit suicide, but he does it in a way to try to frame Clark for murdering him. And then uh, it's like, okay, so who's the bad guy? Is this the bad guy? Okay, this is the bad guy. Oh, no, this is the bad Oh, no, it's Luther. You know, right, it's yeah. just, and yep. we actually had a, a, a big first in this one. Superman's costume. Yes. He explains that, that uh, what, what was it? They were, when they threw acid on him or something, he, mm-hmm. his, uh, his, his, his costume is made from a material that he invented right. that is indestructible. Right. And basically, I read that as, yeah, they don't want to be drawn <clears throat> his costume all torn to shreds because that's just too much work. So let's yep. just, it's indestructible. You know, we don't have to worry about continuity. Was his cape ripped in the last panel? You know, that kind of stuff. So that I thought was, it was funny. You know, oh, I invented it. It's indestructible. It's like, yeah, you you don't know about the fabric. It's from Canada. You don't right, know yeah, about right. it. You, yeah, you, you've <laughs> you know? never seen it. It's, it's a, yeah. Although, honestly, but, at, at this point, you've got to wonder, where did it come from? I mean, because he he's a grown it. man. So it's not like, yeah. un, unless it it grows with him, and that would be kind of freaky. Cause, uh, but, you know, it's... did. Did Ma Kent make it? No, she couldn't have made it because it's it's impervious. Yeah. So it it just is. Yeah. They literally say he says in the comic that he invented the fabric. That's as far as he goes. (laughs) He invented it. Yep. Uh, We also I don't know if this showed up in an earlier issue, but we have Superman contorting his face. So that it he looks like this other guy. It's like right, I don't that's some that. plastic man level stuff, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, I know that he has posed as other people before, you know, the boxer Larry Trent, right, and the football player, you know. But that was always with the use of makeup. He's but, got uh, a guy. Doug says he's got a guy. Yeah, he's got a guy. I got a. I got yeah, a was, impervious fabric guy. Yeah, I, I got a guy. <laughs> I, I I know a guy. It's yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, yeah you're right. The guy's just, me because I invented it, you know, because right. that's yeah. what I do. But yeah. He just used makeup or, or yeah. if he did do this same thing, they never said that that's what he did. Yeah, exactly. And so he can contort the muscles in his face so that his head and face change shape and his hair changes color. Right. That's that, some crazy golden age stuff right there. That's some awesome control. Uh, right. Yep. That, that's exactly yep. what that is. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That's like, that's like plastic man level <laughs> kind of. Yeah. But even plastic man, when he changed his shape, he still had the same plastic man color scheme. Right. right. It, he just hid part of it or something like that somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. We also have a, a gray haired Luther mm-hmm. in this one. But yeah, there's just a lot of stuff. The, the incense, I mean, the, the title of the story is what? Luther's incense, what Luther's menace. incense menace. Yes. And the incense was given to these businessmen and they're forced to smell it at all times because it makes them yeah. want to follow him. Or so. I don't remember exactly what, that, what the incense was all about. But then there's this drug. Do they say the name? They don't say the name of the drug in the... In the synopsis. God, what was the name of that? No, that's not this one. No, it's the next one. No, that's story. the next one. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm all confused because of the incense that is- Yeah, uh, they, they said it was, didn't they say it was like narcotic? Yeah. It's a the, narcotic the incense. incense. So they're getting yeah. all stoned. They're getting all high. And that's then it. they're like, hey, man, could, could, could you give me some of that incense again, man? I need some of that incense. They're, they're doing, how the, doing the Luther's 40s- contr- ayahuasca and and then um you know they're they're looking looking to luther to be their their lord and savior uh while they're on their ayahuasca high or or he's the priest leading them through their uh, yeah it's he's the pusher man he's yeah control through drugs that's where that's what that's what luther has come to at this point he's he's drugging his followers and it, isn't that what people have tried over the years to do <laughs> successfully yep. is yep. C- control a given group of people via drugs. That's yeah. And uh, yeah, Clark hiding in that closet. And at first the bot, the, the henchmen and the boss are talking <laughs> and the henchman, the boss is like, hold on. I got to put my jacket and hat away. I can't pay attention while I'm got my jacket and hat. And you see his hand going into the closet to hang up his jacket and hat. But obviously, he's turned in the opposite direction. He's not looking. We don't see that. But Clark's in there going, good, he didn't see me, even though he's right there. You know? (laughs) So obviously, the guy's just doing it from memory. He's not even looking in the closet. But then, of course, they discover him because they see his feet underneath (laughs) underneath the suit that's hanging there. They're like, hey, there's some feet. And then, so yeah, they throw him down an elevator shaft, which is, which was, uh, that's that a good thing. I mean, that was a smart classic. thing for them to do. But yeah, that, yeah, that's classic. Get rid of somebody. Uh, just pitch him down the elevator shaft. Yeah, throw him down the elevator. And then you guys are going to have to get down there right away to collect his corpse. Right. Yeah. So we can't yeah. leave him there. But yeah, the, again, the bomber thing just, I mean, that just threw me and through a loop at first because it just seemed to come out of nowhere. Uh, for those of you that don't have access, haven't read it, won't read the story, what, whatever. Th- this was a it, it was an airdrop <laughs> bomb. That that's what they. So th- the businessman told 
somebody that a nosy reporter had been there. And the effect was that the big, big boss sent a bomber to bomb the Daily Planet building, like plane fly release bomb. And actually, it wasn't one. Uh, the panel like shows Superman four. holding three or four yeah. bombs. I mean, he's, he's uh, jumping each time. Yeah, whatever. Uh, anyways, he's in the air and he's gathered them up and he's, you know, it says he, he throws them like into the bay yeah, the or something like that. Yeah. But it's like, and the well, the synopsis, you know, said the connection that you had to make reading those panels because the connection wasn't there. The businessman no. just called somebody and said, "Hey, you know, we I just had a Snoopy reporter." And then the next thing, Clark is changing into Superman and jumping up to grab bombs before they hit the planet. Yeah, I think he I think he says something in his head. You know, he's thinking to himself. I think Superman says something like. Obviously, they tried to bomb the Daily Planet or something to get me off the case. I, something I feel like he said something like that, but it happened so instantaneous. It felt like it just like he literally goes into the guy's office, says, "Hey, what's uh, what's up with this incense?" And the guy, ah, it's nothing. And then as Clark is leaving, the guy picks up the phone. Hey, somebody's asking about incense. And then the moment Clark steps out onto the street, there's already a bomber in the air above him dropping bombs. Mm -hmm. It just, I, <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, it, it happened pretty quick. He, uh, a bomber ready to discharge its cargo, uh, he, he notices. Yeah, with so. his telescopic vision. Yeah, anyways, going to blow up the his, Daily Planet, eh? Not if I can help. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. He used his telescopic telescopic vision in the last story too, because he spotted like uh, the the thugs messing with the paper boy or something yeah, uh, from yeah. across the across the city. Well, he yeah, he uh, saw when the uh, truck got knocked off the cliff. That's right. Yeah, and with his yeah, telescopic he, he, vision, he's able. Yeah, yeah. But we also get another scene of his jump flying with the uh, gyroplane, where he just happens to jump and dodge bullets and land on the plane and all that stuff. And, yeah. You know, he, he's, a, he's amazing. Amazing in the air for somebody who can't fly. Everything that you could not do on just one set of motion, you know, up and down. That That's all there is if you're going to jump up and down. It's, but he's, yeah, exactly. He's, he's over here having jumped, but then he winds up over here and he's, yeah, it's like, okay, I just say he can fly. And I, <laughs> I think we get more of that in the third story, like to the point where he's actually doing acrobatics in the mm -hmm. air, but yeah, we'll get to that. Um, I, I probably my favorite, uh, scene or part of this story was when Superman follows the guy to Luther's lair and then he has to go through, uh, all the traps and he falls into the, he's, he's like going through this tunnel and the floor opens up underneath him and he falls into this pit with spikes, but they're all bent from where he lands <laughs> on him because he's, he's superhuman. And, and he says, odd, but I'm actually a bit comfortable. <laughs> it's just all these one-liners. He gets acid porn on him, poured on him. Uh, he gets in between a couple of antenna mm -hmm. that do something, but they, they send out bolts of electricity. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He, he gets caught. In between them, in, in essence. Yeah. It was it was good. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, so far, everything from this issue, Superman 5, has been 
uh, just has just been a ball. But this one just seemed, like I said, they were just throwing ideas at the wall and whether it stuck or not, it got into the issue, got yeah. into the story. The, the things seemed a little bit more uh, frenetic in this issue. Uh, there wasn't as much yeah. connection. It was just like you say, just, well, let's try this. Well, what, what if he this? And what, how about that? And, and so they just wrote it in there. Um, and, and there was no one yeah. thing leading to the next. It was just thing after thing after thing. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, they kind of did that in the previous story with the newspapers because he was just all over the place, but it all had to do with him stopping right. the rival newspaper from doing various bits of violence against Daily Planet people. But it was, it was, it was, it was just like here, he's here, he's there, he's here, and, you know, and, but it all, had something to do with one central theme, whereas this it, it does, but it's just yeah. it so much so many different yeah things not, going not on quite at the same, the time. same way. It it's yeah it everything isn't necessarily because of the same issue. It just right. the issue is happening there and it's happening over here. The, this was like no each time was a completely different issue that he yep. was having to do something about deal with or whatever. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I just wonder if, you know, this is the fifth issue of his book and we've talked about what, 25 or 26 strips from action. So, you know, we're, we're upwards to 40 different stories. Um, and so I guess they're just, they're, they're trying to, having gotten away from the newspaper type writing, which whew, newspaper, uh, adventures can stretch out for weeks, months, at yeah. a time, literally months at a time. Here, they're like, no, no, we've got to wrap this up. If not this issue, then then the next issue. Or yep. if not this issue, then in the Superman issue that comes out in two weeks, um, you know, wrap it up so we can do something new to get people interested. And then the next time, the same yeah. thing. And, you know, we, we can't rely on these uh, long-term people that will start and and we'll get them locked in and they'll keep going. We constantly got to try to bring in new people with with new and different things. It feels like, and that's seems to be where the stories have have certainly gotten to at this point. Um, yeah. And from from this point, that never lets up. It it goes back and maybe stretches out a little bit over over time. You know that they take a little bit more time, but you can see now it's the start of that. Every issue here, it's every story is somebody's first story. So yep. we have to do those things to bring them in and to keep them. And if they don't stay for the next story, we have to throw something in it that gets somebody new to replace that person that didn't stay. But getting yeah, and it, a lot more frenetic like they, and, and energetic. Yeah. It's like their goal is there has to be at least one action panel on every page. You sure. know, we can't have a page go by that something exciting isn't happening. I mean, that doesn't there there is one page that that isn't like I guess the most exciting thing that's happening is is Clark climbing up the side of the building like Spider Man. But that was something then, new. Yeah, yeah. We've not and, seen and it. And it do actually that. says he's digging his fingers mm -hmm. into the into the mortar to Which, make finger holds. Being Superman, it's like, well, why hasn't he been doing that the whole time if he wants to yeah. do something? I mean, just Climb up or that why puppy. doesn't he just jump? <laughs> why doesn't he just fly? That's yeah, exactly. Doug says but, uh, that's one thing I love about Golden Age stories. Uh, they'll just put in some really wild stuff and not worry about the reality of it. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yep. And it, yep. it, it even, depending on what books you're reading, it even ratchets up in the Silver Age that it becomes even more wild and out there, just whatever idea. And then when the when the Bronze Age comes around, they kind of try to, as much as you can, reality-base things a little bit and kind of, you know, chill out the whatever you want to do kind of stuff that went from golden to silver age. And then they're like, no, we got to we gotta bring yeah. it back to write actual stories and, and, and explain things and everything like that. But yeah, some of the silver age stuff, uh, particularly these, these characters like Superman, who's over the top to begin with. I mean, you know, Superman yep. can, can do anything that you want him to do. Uh, you know, within reason, but it, he, he, whatever. And you can just say like, oh, well, I, I invented the cloth myself. That's why it doesn't, you know, yeah. uh, disintegrate in acid. And it's like, oh yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. Now yeah, and I you think couldn't that's, do that, man. People would just lose their yeah. minds about, oh, that can't be because. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, that is honestly, you know, how we get the Superman we have today. Because you look at his first couple of appearances, really, he's just a strong guy who can jump far and run fast and bullets bounce off of him. Mm -hmm. That was it. But as the stories progress, they every time they put him in a situation that they need to get him out of, exactly. most of the time they just invent a new power <laughs> so that he can get out of it. You know, oh, now he can, he's got telescopic vision. Or, oh, now he can see through things and heat vision and freeze breath and right. you know it's right. like yeah yeah uh yeah doug you're you're right the um i've been reading some silver age uh jla for uh well another show that i do <laughs> about dr fate and uh i've been reading the uh jla jsa team ups uh throughout the 60s and it's yeah it's some uh some brave in the bold i've been reading too um through the 60s it's wow yeah i I recently read the first JLA story, you know, with Starro. Yes. Okay. And, uh, cause they, they have, uh, like <laughs> justice league in the silver age volume one mm -hmm. available through comiXology unlimited. So I, I stuck it in my queue and sat down the other day and read the first issue. And I was just like, snapper car has to be the single most annoying character in the history of comics. And I, I just, I, I'm afraid to go on to the next issue in case he's in it. Cause yeah, he's, he's always snap. It's, I want to punch him in his face, but. Um, well, it, you'll, you'll have to make the call. Either you're going to read JLA yeah. or you're, you know, it's like, cause. Well, cause yeah. isn't he basically like the, the Rick Jones yes, with the JLA? That, he's just like their exactly sidekick. He he's always there. Yeah. Ugh. And he actually. Annoying. Um, in a lot of ways, Rick Jones turns out to be a little bit better character because at least they use him with other people. Yeah. Snapper Carr, other than the JLA, I believe, really doesn't get used too much <laughs> more. Yeah. You know, um, at least Rick Jones turns out to be a foil that you see against Hulk, Captain America, um, Captain Marvel. You know, Snapper Carr is just, yeah. he's uh, one annoying biatch uh just yeah. yeah it's with his hip kind of yeah all right yeah okay yeah and the way he talks <laughs> that no teenager has ever talked no. like that in the history of the world unless and, they were doing it ironically and, and you say that but of course it's not 
Snapper's fault because he is, no. you know, he yeah. is being written by somebody. Right. That person obviously doesn't know what in the heck is going on with that. But, you know, yeah, yeah it comes across through poor Snapper and you're like, I don't think teenagers then were ever like that. Right. Or and I wish I had like the writer that. in front of me so I could say, did you mean for Snapper <laughs> Car to be that annoying? Because <laughs> he's freaking annoying. Or just ask him, did you know teenagers that were like that when when you have were you a teenager? Met, yeah, is have that you ever met a teenager? <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. Do you know what a teenager I think he's is? Just, he saw Dobie Gillis, oh, uh, and wow, uh, was looking at who who is Bob Denver's character on Dobie Gillis? Uh, uh, I was can't think of his name, but he was the beatnik. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think he just looked, he watched a couple of those episodes and just said, uh, all right, that's Snapper Carr, but we're going to make him more. Maynard. Hit. Maynard G. <laughs> Maynard. Krebs. Yep. That's, Maynard Krebs. That's right. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the guy, I, whenever I talk about the uh, street beatniks from the Madman comics, I say, look at Maynard G. Krebs. Yes. He's a street, he, if he was living on the streets, he would be a street beatnik. That's what a beatnik is, is yep. Maynard G. Krebs. And, since you uh, mentioned Mr. Denver, uh, let me go ahead and throw out that his wife uh, was born probably two hours from here. And nice. when he got done and retired, they retired here, very, very close to my sure. community. And this is ultimately where, unfortunately, he passed away. Um, mm. Dreama. I think Dreama is ever- still alive. Yeah. Did you ever run into him out in the wild, like a grocery I, store or anything? I never saw him, hmm. but they do uh, it still. And and he was on it uh, when he was alive. They did start a local radio station, uh, Good oh. Buddy Radio. Nice. And you could listen to uh, a nice variety of older songs, which you would expect. Uh, but yeah. when they first started it, he was a uh, an on-air personality of uh, most days when the station was on the air. So you could actually listen to him and he would have stories and stories related to the, the songs or the music or how he and Dreama met and, you know, things like that, that you would, you would expect from someone his age who was in that, that stage of life where that's what they did. You know, they, they reminisced. Um, but yeah, probably, um, I don't know, Six, eight years ago, maybe ten years ago, he he died unfortunately, and yeah. So yeah, he's he's no longer with us, but his his wife still is, and she still has the radio station. It's still running. She makes appearances. I have I have run into her. I've been somewhere that yeah. that Dreama was. Um, she'll be on the radio every now and then too. So that, that that's always kind of a cool thing is that uh, as personalities go, he was a pretty well known dude. You know, and the yeah, fact well, that yeah. he retired here, ultimately, it's like, uh, you know, if, if we're going to claim to fame something, uh, uh, Bob yeah. Denver is, is a good one to, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll grab onto that. Yeah, we, uh, I think uh, Hugh, not Hugh Beaumont, yeah, no, maybe it's Hugh Beaumont uh, is from Lawrence. Okay. Which is, you know, 15 minutes that way. But uh, did, did the closest I've ever come to something like that, though, is... Um, most people I ask, they've, they've, they've never heard of the guy, but did you ever watch, uh, Raising Hope mm-hmm. or My Name is Earl? Mm-hmm. Um, that he was the guy that ran the grocery store in Raising Hope. And in My Name is Earl, he was the 
He was like the first, I think the first person that Earl had to go, you know, fix what he did to him. He was like a, he was, he was gay. Yes. And then Earl, okay. Earl had to try to fix him up. He's from Topeka, which is Lawrence is that way. Topeka's that way. Okay. And, uh, I, when I used to work at the freaking Walgreens in Lawrence, I'm up at the counter one night and he walks in and I, I went, is that, that looks like. I didn't know his name and I still first I still can't remember off the top of my head I can't remember his name, but I grabbed my phone, I looked up, you know, raising hope and I right, right. and 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 then he comes to the comes to the counter and he's got this, you know, his son is with him. And I said, Are you whatever his name is? He goes, he goes, Yes, I am. And I said, I love raising hope. I love you in that show. And he looks at his son, he goes, See? See, some people know me. And uh <laughs> barely he he's from he he's uh the Either he's from Topeka or the woman he married is from Topeka. And then he okay. moved to Topeka to be with her. Right. And then he went to California or whatever to do the acting thing. And then eventually he went, he lives in Topeka. Came so. back. That, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right. I got nothing else to say about this story. Yeah. I, I think I'm good too. Okay. Wrap it up. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Until next week, I'm Ed. That is Steven. And this was the Superman Super Show. Ciao. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Superman Super Show. Questions and comments can be directed to the Superman Super Show at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter under the handle at Supes Super Show. That's at S-U-P-S Super Show. And continue the conversation at the Super Show Forum at forums.justanotherfanboy.com. We also encourage you to rate the show wherever available and share this podcast with a friend. All links will be in the show notes. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics Magazine. Speaking of which, do you find that whenever somebody uh, you work with or, you know, some acquaintance learns that you're into comics that they immediately start going, you know, I've got some old comics at home. Do you think you could look at them and tell me how much they're worth? And a absolutely. You just, you go, oh, God. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yep. It's like, no, because what I'd have to do is look them up online. I can't just look at a comic and go, well, that's right. worth this much. Which you know? is the exact same thing I would recommend you do. So. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs>